Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I'm not like all the other hotels. I'm more what you might call boutique. Seeking a traveler with a romantic heart, must-love leather lounge chairs, and a library brimming with poets from around the globe. Download the Hotels app to find your perfect somewhere. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I am very, very excited to welcome Anya Chalotra to the show for The Witcher Season 2. Congratulations. Thank you. So I didn't warn you about this. The first thing we do on ladies night is we play with this dice tower behind me. I've got eight random questions. I roll the die three times and then whatever I land on, that's what you get to start. Okay, perfect. All right. Number one is going to be a five. Five is must haves. What is something that you can't be on set without? Sides, a certain snack, something to pass the time in between scenes, you name it. Oh, I can't be without... It'd be a snack. It'd, oh no, a hot water bottle. It'd be hot. I've got one now. Everyone's pointing. <laughs> the hot water bottle. I've got. I've always got a hot water bottle. A hot water bottle. I thought you meant a hot regular. Water. Oh no no. Oh wow. Constantly. I mean, I, I, that's why I've taken it off my lap because I'm sure you can see it. I really feel like I need to take that and run with it and buy my own now. That fixes <laughs> a lot of issues. But I'm always cold. Always cold. All right. Roll number two now. We are going with a seven, movie and TV skills. If you could learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would it be and why? Ooh, um, I'd lo- like, mo- I've done motion capture, but it would be further, like it would do be something to do with physical theater, I suppose. I love like Andy Serkis and Planet of the Apes. So I'd love to like manipulate my body to be an animal. Ooh, I like the sound of that. seems like a very real possibility too. All right, got one more roll for you. We are going with a four to wrap this up. What is the most recent TV show that you have binge watched? Succession, two. No, Tiger King, two. Both both solid answers right there. I finished Succession, (laughs) I I have a little uh, Succession catching up to do, so I've had to stay off social media while season three ran through. Oh, I'm obsessed too. 
All right, let's get into the meat of it now. I always like starting at the very, very beginning. What is the the movie, the performance, the personal experience, you name it, that first made you say, I have to be an actor? I think it was more of a feeling. I loved the attention as a child. Performance, I love the rise and fall of Little Voice by Jim Cartwright. That that really touches me. It, I saw it at the Wolverhampton Grand and that's where I'm from, Wolverhampton, and they don't do much. It's not the most creative city in the world, but that play really spoke to me, reminded me of, of myself and my sister. I need to check that out. So then I know that you studied at Guildhall, I believe. So what made you feel the need to study your craft in a formal setting like that versus just you know running right out there and getting industry experience? Because that's all I knew. I only knew of drama school. I thought that was the way in. Um, I also was pushed to do kind of uh, university when I was younger and um, drama school was just a perfect balance of what I wanted to do and getting the grades. With that in mind, what is something that you took from drama school that, you know, proved to be invaluable that you refer back to often? And then what's something that drama school could never have prepared you for when you hit your first set? Oh, there's so much. Uh, I couldn't say one. Um, something that really helps me in theater is uh, if I'm stuck is new, a new move and new thought. If I'm stuck that, I mean, that's quite cerebral, but I'll never forget a tutor teaching me that. And um, what else? The Witcher, nothing can prepare you for how big that is. It's the fastest moving train I've ever gotten on. Very, very understandable. All right, jumping into one of your first titles now, Wanderlust. So with a, with a show like that, even though nothing could prepare you for an enormous production like The Witcher, looking back on that, is there anything that you took from that or maybe saw other actors do on that set that you put in your back pocket and were able to apply on The Witcher? That was my first TV gig. Um, and I think what kind of that gave me is confidence that I, I can actually do this. Um, so someone gave me an opportunity and I said yes and was kind of raring to go and it, it gave me my love for, um, for, for TV. All right, let's, let's go into The Witcher full force now. In the very beginning of that, the audition process, what was it like when you first scored the role? Was it the kind of situation where, you know, you were busy doing the audition grind and then The Witcher hit? The, the Witcher process, the audition process, I, I did three auditions. The first audition, I actually, I, was, I spoke to my agent and said, I'm not, I'm not the person they want. I know I'm not the person they want. The brief was women want her, men want to be her. No. Men want her, women want to be her. She's gorgeous. And I was like, absolutely not, not going to get this part. Walked in because I had no expectations of myself. Um, I did a good audition. And uh, I'd say that's kind of what I've taken with me from, from this Witcher onto other auditions. I know this was a long time ago, but is there anything from that audition and your original interpretation of the character that stayed true even all the way through season two? Yes, it, there is her kind of, she is extremely expressive and passionate. And that's something I brought to Yennefer. She's kind of presented this really kind of cold exterior. And I just was excited to explore everything around that. This is why she's one of my favorite characters. Oh. Or you score the role, you're gearing up to hit set. 
Did anyone give you any advice before jumping into a major Netflix series like that that wound up coming in handy? Yes, I have a mentor called Nifa Kasak and I rank her on, I think four months into Witcher filming and I said, I can't do this, I, I need help. What am I, what I, where do I go? I can't stop thinking about the whole plot. I can't stop playing the end at the beginning. She was like, just play the scene. Just play the scene. Don't think about the end. Obviously, you've got all the information you need, you, um, kind of what's passed. You've kind of lived that experience if you're going in consecutive order. So trust that work. Don't necessarily think about it and play the scene. And that really helped with the scale of the show. I'm so curious because you just said you were four months into production when you reached out and asked that. Like, I, I truly believe that your work in season one is is flawless and very powerful. So I'm curious yeah. what, what day on set sparked the need to reach out and ask for help like that? Oh, I was really, I, I, I don't know whether I trusted my, I trust my work whenever I do it. And then hindsight, I get, if I've had a break, I'm like, oh, because you, you have no choice but to trust your work. You're, it's, it's a professional job and you are, you know, you leave your shit at the door and you come in and you, you do your job and to the best of your abilities, you play, you know, the best version of the truth. You try to. And uh, there was always, uh, whenever I played the younger Yennefer, I really struggled because there was so much of her physical physicality that um, uh, felt inhibiting at the time because I had very little time to kind of form the younger Yennefer. So I, I struggled to connect with um, things that I would have liked to pay more attention to. Um, anyway, that was probably my my what spot that call it's always interesting to hear about that when like I cannot read it at all when I watch the final process uh, project there so oh. what what about the process of what it takes to film a Netflix show on this scale is there anything you know like movie magic wise that you hit set and made you think I can't believe this is what it takes to make it look like that on screen Absolutely. Every single person on uh, set is crucial, is so needed to make this happen. We actors are 10% of the job. Like we, of course, uh, we are show our face, we take the flat, we, there's so much that we do, but there is so much that every single person that showed us sound, set, um, design, costume, makeup, um, uh, CGI, um, everything uh is kind of everyone's so important and i didn't realize how big a machine it was um and how important it was to respect each other this feels like an unfair question to ask because i feel like there's going to be a million answers to it but if you had to name a specific person on the witcher set and call them the unsung hero of the production you know someone who isn't like a headliner or a name that everybody knows but really deserves credit for the job they do who would that be and why I don't know whether I feel like she does get the credit she has, but um, that she she should have. But I'd say Mayanna Burring is an incredible actress. She is awe-inspiring to work against. She's the most wonderful person. Her kind of her capacity for other people to bring other people in to look after people, and um, uh, she's an integral part of my kind of growth in the past three and a half years. As, a, as an actress, she's remarkable. You're talking to a diehard The Descent fan. I've been aware of that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. 
How about working with Henry in particular on season one? Because I've got to imagine you walk in with, you know, certain expectations, given how big of a star he is, how much he's accomplished over the course of his career. So you hit the set with him. Is there anything about his approach to the work that might have surprised you, but you really appreciated? His enthusiasm for The Witcher. Um, I don't think it surprised me. I knew that he loved the work, the books, the games. But to work against it when you uh, are kind of sometimes feel like you're floating in a witcher world um, when it gets too much to have a kind of an anchor of knowledge um, by your side um, and passion is uh, so needed. It radiates off the screen that enthusiasm he has for it. Yet another reason why I love the show. All right, season two now. What is it like going into season two after getting such a, re- a positive response to season one, but without putting that pressure on yourself? Um, I di- I felt a la- I didn't feel any pressure actually. Um, I had I have high expectations of myself, which through COVID actually kind of dispelled, and and um, I got my kind of got a different I had a bit different perspective on on work myself and and kind of the world. So I feel like the pressure was off in a sense, but I still felt a need to bring Yennefer to life in the most, in the truest way. And, um, you know, my process will hopefully be different year to year to year because uh, so much, I have so much kind of, uh, so many things inform me in this, in the gap between them. Um, so yeah, I, I, I didn't feel too much pressure. Is there any specific tool in your acting toolkit, so to speak, that you would credit with season one of The Witcher? And then is there another one that you would credit with season two of The Witcher? Ooh. Tool. Tool, 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 tool. Season one would be kind of removing yourself from the character at the end of the day. Say that was a good tool, um, got me in a good, a better mental uh, state to go back in the next day. Um, season two would be uh, feeling, uh, uh, it's again, state of mind, uh, feeling content. I realized this season that a change from last season, I, I didn't necessarily have to get into a certain mindset to play um, kind of the extremes extreme of emotion that Yennefer has it was more feeling content at every point so I was open enough to step into whatever scene I, I I needed to rather than trying so hard to uh kind of channel something very much understand that all right I'm gonna just put the spoiler warning up because I want to talk a little bit about her losing her powers so I was wondering when you filmed uh, the scene at the Battle of Sodden in season one, did you already know what was ahead for the character? Did you need to know that the fire magic would cost her that in order to, you know, fully channel what that felt like then? Ooh, um, no, no. I I mean, I never knew what was happening in season, season two at the end of season one. I, I was excited to read the scripts. I, I think, I like to take things moment to moment. So definitely for the Battle of Sodden, I kind of appreciate not knowing anything before I shot season two. 
you go into uh, you go into season two and you strip away all those powers by taking those things that you have established in the character away. Did it give you access to anything within Yen that you didn't even realize was there before? Yeah, um, I hope people see that. I think she's been given an amazing opportunity this season, more so than any character will ever get to find out about themselves. Because, you know, when you've kind of relied on something as a crutch for so long to to define you and um, uh, um, defend you through this this brutal world, uh, you kind of fall back on it a lot and you don't actually use the things that you you don't actually use your, your brain enough, your, your wits and your your physical strength, everything that you you are without the magic. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I said last season that she, she kind of realized that her powers innate, but it's this season truly that she uh, kind of, that's revealed to her. All right, getting into some specific scenes here. One of my absolute favorite scenes of season two is the conversation between Yaskier and Yen in the boat. Can you tell me a little bit about nailing the moment when Yen decides to tell him the truth, that her power is gone? Because she seems to have a very tough time saying that out loud to other people, but he asks and she comes clean about it. Yeah, I that's one of my favorite scenes because um, for the first time, she has nothing but the truth to say to him. And it's usually like, like, I don't know, cursing at him or kind of brushing what he says off, but she really doesn't kind of waver when he is spitting insults at her um, or she has nothing left to give other than this is what's happened. And I think that's a really crucial point in the season for her. Absolutely. It plays very, very strongly. I also love anything that has something to do with Baba Yaga. So the the crones, the ladies in the woods really got me. I love that part of the uh, of the season. What do you think it is about Yen that makes her see through what's really happening when she goes there far faster than Fringilla and Francesca do? I don't think it's her past. I think she feel, she's already feeling different. She's already feeling changed. She just thinks it's the Demeritian chains, um, which stop her from having any magic. Um, she already feels a difference. She knows something bad is happening. I don't necessarily think it's from experience that she feels that. I think it's a kind of instinct of hers in her body. You know, she knows her body very well. Um, everything she's been through as a child to become a sorceress. Um, she, she, she's gotten to know her body, you know, so I think the, that feeling of loss was already there. Last spoiler question for you. Cause you know, I had to ask about filming Yen and Geralt's reunion. Was there any, I guess, workshopping as far as figuring out, you know, the tone, their level of enthusiasm, how long for the silence between two of the, the <laughs> two of them in that moment, what was it like kind of nailing what you wound up with there? Oh, I don't think we kind of, it's as cerebral. I, I feel like some, it's between Geralt and I, it's something we just uh, navigate quite easily. It's very easy to work with Henry, especially with this dynamic. Um, we know how important it is, it is to the fans, but I don't think that ever really comes 
that never really clutters our space. It's it's more just instinctual with the writing and with our connection to the characters and each other. It's um, it's very easy to play. Yet another thing that comes across quite strongly. I love that beep. All right. We play one more game before we wind down ladies night and you are getting the Witcher cast superlatives. So I will give you a description and you tell me which person in the Witcher cast best suits this description. Okay. We're gonna start with who is most likely to surprise you on set with an unexpected creative choice? Uh, Yes, Joey. Is it the character or the actor? The actor. Okay, Joey. Do you have a good example of when he did that on season two? Just throw stuff in, chuck stuff in, just to throw you off kind of, you, you, you know, he, he throws you off balance. He's so ready to tease and kind of make the scene fresh. Oh, Valley of Penis for one, that was not in the script in the first season, but he chucks it in there just as I'm in my most serious state. <laughs> I love it. Who is most likely to give it 110% all the time, even when they are not the focus of the scene or in deep background? 110%. Uh, ooh. I'd say Lambert. Yeah. I think he's on it. Very dedicated. Could very much see that. Who is the most likely to drop food on their wardrobe at craft service? Me. Yeah, me. Who is most like their character? Um, I'd say Freya's pretty like Siri. She's a little lion cub. She is. She's feisty and brilliant and determined and kind of what will never quit. She's she won't give up. She works hard to get what she wants. Um, yeah, Siri. She's um, she's also bloody cheeky. A little sense of that earlier in our interview. It was fun. Um, For this last one, who is most likely to be the very first to sign up to take the Witcher mutagen if they had the chance? Henry. Absolutely. I should have figured you would say that. I have to let you go. But again, huge congratulations on The Witcher and everything you've accomplished thus far. I cannot wait to see more from you. Thank you so much. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.